Hey everybody, welcome to Dream Drop Long Distance, a podcast about two best buds reconnecting by playing through the overdramatic soap opera of friendship and rivalry that is the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Bradshaw, here with my lovely co-host, Mitchell Orsino. How you been? Hold on, that's not even fair. That's such a good intro to anybody who (laughs) Kyle writes for a living and he did that. Just whatever, whatever. I'm doing fine. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. I'm caffeinated and medicated. (laughs) Oh, heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Uh, So, Kyle, what are uh, so this episode? I think we talked about in the last one is not going to be traditional we went, you know, bouncing between worlds, what we've been doing for the main storyline stuff. What what world what, what are we uh what are we doing? We are doing your favorite world. <gasps> uh we are going to the Hundred Acre Wood, which is an optional world in Kingdom Hearts. But for us, it is not optional because we are going to be getting wherever possible all of the secret endings throughout the uh, throughout the Kingdom Hearts series to get the secret endings of the first Kingdom Hearts game. We have to seal all of the keyholes, including 100 Acre Wood and uh, finish the Hades Cup. It's just blasphemous to think that anybody would skip through this beautiful, heartwarming level and, and all the loot that comes with it. All the dude, there is some good loot in this book. I mean, just take a look. It's in a book. Stop it. <laughs> Between the line. No, I'm kidding. We're, we're, we're moving on. And, but no, I completely agree. It sounds really goofy to anybody hearing this, but this is my favorite level in the game. And there's no fighting. There's no. It really doesn't have any cohesive element to the main storyline, but it's so humble. And that old Winnie the Pooh story of friendship and you basically as Sora are becoming their Christopher Robin for a short amount of time, which is adorable. It's so fun and everything from the beginning to the end of this level. I love it. And it, it's all mini games. It's just mini games that you're playing with these new friends that you're making. Yeah, I think this could be very easily enjoyed by somebody who doesn't know anything about Winnie the Pooh. It is just a okay. You don't need to know squat to enjoy this. Unlike some of the other ones where we're having a basis of the Disney World story, whether the movie or original, whatever. I think that you can enjoy Hundred Acre Wood just as it is. I definitely think so. But I think having a core understanding of who these characters are, especially I grew up having, you know, had these read to me. The story of this of this book is that uh, Winnie the Pooh is a a collection of children's books. And this book that Pooh and his friends inhabit has had the pages torn out somehow, which affects their world in these pages. It's a good metaphor. I like it. Yeah, I love I love it, actually. And you collect your first page or, or you're either given or collect your first page earlier in the game. You hop in. And you meet Pooh and you realize that he's kind of just sitting there thinking, which I think is hilarious because it, it they really got they, the element like they got the persona and the uh, the goofiness that is Winnie the Pooh, where he's just sitting there thinking. And Sora's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, just thinking, just trying to think about what I should have thunk. 
And it's like, it's, it's so cute. Man, I got the complete opposite vibe from this scene. Did you? Okay. Yeah, this was depressing. This was really sad. He's sitting there. He's sitting there. Think, 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 thinking. It's like, what you thinking about? It's like, well, I'm thinking about how to say goodbye to Pooh. And everybody else has left. So I must be going soon, too. So how do I say goodbye to myself? <laughs> they do. They do very much ride the line in this between showing you what is Winnie the Pooh and also giving you a very bleak perspective of like, we've heard so much in this game about worlds being destroyed and, you know, these refugees of characters in Traverse Town. And this is one in particular that I found. It was like somehow, and but they kept, they kept it kind of dead Disney cute. But Pooh is literally showing like, all of my friends are gone. I'm the last one. And now I'm having to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to be gone soon, too. Yeah, or at least he's afraid of that happening. Yeah, you reminded me of a good point, which is that we keep hearing about worlds being destroyed. But this is the first opportunity that we've had to put a world back together, which is awesome. And it it, it, it feels the fact that you're you're puzzle piecing this thing together and you're slowly it's I mean, you're literally putting their their world and their story back together verbatim. And that, to me, always made this level so special because they kept to the core of what these characters are and what this this universe that they inhabit is. And they did it in a very what I found was a very fun way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it was almost perfect the way that they did it, like the 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 pages being torn out of the book, tearing literal scenes and characters out of the world. It's incredible. What a incredibly well done i i again like i said i will go into more detail but it's my favorite level of the game i mean outside again the the core like probably the main main parts of the storyline but yeah i I love this level so basically this story all revolves around uh these very kind of cute mini games that they introduce Pooh's friends through i'm curious what what was the first thing that you did like what was the first mini game you were introduced to i brought all of the torn pages all at once so it only ah. lets you do in a certain order. Yeah. So you have to do one, then the next, then the next, then the next. So the first one that you do is the honey tree. Yes. Where you have to smack away the bees to uh, keep who safe before you can mm-hmm. even get there. Though, I just want to like take a second to to point out that um, I really enjoyed the way that the levels had items hidden in in cute and delightful places like if you smacked the chimney or whatever the water spout or something on Pooh's house a little little like high potion or something falls down mm-hmm. and you can get it from inside of his house there's just like little things hidden all around everywhere that if yeah. you if you take a second to look you get a little reward for it i, I really enjoy it. i liked the way that the designers put these levels together there's some good loot in these levels. Yeah, yes, there is. The last one. Holy yes. smokes. Like, Mike, dude, that last level has primo stuff in it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I have, uh, we'll have there. definitely have some notes on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, for sure. And but yeah, so you, you do this game. Uh, basically, uh, Pooh is hungry and you're trying to help him. He sees that there is a bee's nest. And he knows there's bees. There's got to be honey. And one of the stories to anybody who doesn't know, Pooh decides to cover himself in mud or something to make himself look like a rain cloud and then uses a balloon 
to float up the tree and get himself into the beehive to eat the honey. And hopefully they don't notice that it's not because he's a bear. So he thinks that, oh, bees would know I'm a bear, but they won't know if I'm a rain cloud. So I can sneak in there and get the honey. Your job that he enlists you to do. Well, I guess Owl technically enlists you to help do that. Mm -hmm. Owl's weird in this uh, in this whole world. He just like shows up and explains the minigame and then just kind of leaves. It's kind of weird. I mean, I get it because he's the only character that would work to do that job. And it's better than just showing text boxes on screen. Yeah. So he's kind of he's just kind of like the arbitrator character that gives you like, this is what you're doing. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I, I that didn't bother me as much. But so Owl basically tells you, like, hey, Pooh's going to be floating up this tree. Your goal is to knock away the bees every time they come at Pooh. The more once you get to the top or he eats along the way, I believe I can't remember if he mm-hmm. eats along the way or. Yeah. And it's kind of like as he eats, you accumulate points. Mm-hmm. And it basically the more he eats and I think you just have to break. I think it's 100 points. Yeah, to get. Yeah. I mean, it was this This game was so easy. Oh, it's so easy. It, I mean, I mean I, I, none of none of them are really difficult. I didn't get a perfect score, mind you, but I got like. I had less than 10 seconds on the clock when the bees finally got his balloon because I felt at the at a really bad time. Are you ready to talk scores? Are you ready to compare notes? Let's do it. What was your so I found I've actually I've got him up here. The uh, the maximum score that you could have gotten if you poo eats the entire time, no bees hit him all the way through Mm -hmm. the end. It's 300 points. Oh, man, there must be like a big bonus at the end or something. I think so. What did you get? Uh, Because I only got 217. Ooh, we man, that's crazy. Well, you're going to be interested to hear. I had a 290. I no drops. No. um, I mean, bees never touched him. We just kept going. And I was like, oh, well, this is when I say it was easier than I remember it being. But yeah, there was only one time. I don't remember why. Either I slipped or I missed or something. But Pooh. There was something happened and we I miss I was off by 10 points and I almost played it again to see if I could get a perfect. But I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. I, that's my first score. Let it go. Oh, no, no, no. I, I still went back for I went back for a couple of them. Not on this one. Though. I was like, oh, that feel I feel good about that score. Apparently yeah. I was wrong for feeling good about that score, but <laughs> was pretty. I was pretty happy with it. I was like, you know what? That's not bad. That's about as close to a perfect as I think I'm going to get on this. But yeah, so you get done with that level and, you know, poos comes down at the tree. He's all he's all full, fat and happy. And he's got Piglet back. And he's got Piglet back. He does. Uh, Piglet, his little uh, oops, anybody has to guess. Piglet is a piglet. Uh, very small. No, you don't say. <laughs> very small little pink creature who is always very frightened, very shy. You know, Pooh's Piglet's best friend. They're very close. So it was it was fun to see Piglet uh, finally show up. But yeah, you you want. Uh... Get out of there, and the next destination that you end up at is Rabbit's house. You do, you do. You wind up, you, uh, you're you introduced to Rabbit's home, which is a, a big tree, much like most of the other characters. A little farm out in front. Yeah, he's got a big vegetable farm, carrots, tomatoes, all that kind of stuff. My favorite thing are the cabbages. The you cabbages. Can just walk up to the cabbages, and you can just pull them. <laughs> yeah. So we're just... Chuck some straight into the air. Poo. 
and they're gone. I don't know, don't know why. <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I walked up to every single one and I threw them. I, I, <laughs> every single cabbage in his yard, I threw it all. I just picture Rabbit walking out with like a mustache and a hat and just yelling, my cabbages! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that reference is, is newer than this game. That's an Avatar The Last Airbender reference for anybody. That is actually true. I did not think about that, that that reference post-dates this game. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that is insane. But yeah, so you go and Pooh, I think it's Pooh and Piglet, they're on the outside of Rabbit's house. And Pooh is yelling into a hole in the wall because he's trying to see <laughs> if Rabbit is home to see if the- Rabbit has any honey. But, but the house keeps telling him that nobody's home. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he keeps telling like, is anybody home? No. no, no one's home. And he's like, oh, hello, no one. Is are is Rabbit there with you? He's like, no, no, no one's home. Rabbit is not home. And of course, that's one of the, the jokes from the, the old story. And Pooh decides to work his way down the hole to see who no one is. And as you go inside, the door like a sensible person yeah he goes through the front door and rabbit's like oh hello like you you introduce yourself to rabbit and he's basically like i don't want Pooh to know i'm here because every time he comes over he eats me out of house and home and that's like the whole gag and so Pooh winds up sneaking his way through the little tunnel and he's like oh rabbit hey you're here rabbit's like oh hi and he's like where's where is no one and it's that whole spiel that whole gag and it's you know it's cute I missed that actual scene because I noticed too quickly that I could uh, inspect the jar of honey on the ceiling. I was looking uh, for secrets, so I missed the scene. That's funny. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a, it's you know, it's it's cute and it's funny. But I did notice I almost noticed immediately. I was like, why is there a pot on the ceiling? And then you click the triangle to interact. And I'm like, ah, rabbit hit it. And then you just get this this ridiculous frame by frame of Pooh eating honey. There's like they don't animate him eating honey, even though they have animations of him eating honey. They like I know. show stills of it. And I'm like, this is weird, but I like it. Just Pooh just hammering down on a pot of honey and Rabbit just losing his mind because he realizes he's going to be out of honey again. Like usual when Pooh comes over. The only thing is this time Pooh goes to leave and gets stuck in the hole that he came in from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, for some reason, no idea why he didn't just go through the front door. But eh, whatever. Now, listen, it's it's not his fault. He he does say that the hole must have shrunk. He's dude. I mean, he's, he's a little tubby boy. Nothing you can do about it. He just he got done eating and he, he just forgot. And so Rabbit is like, oh, damn, like he's stuck in this hole. He's, I don't think and, he said yeah. damn. But you make no, no, he's, I, <laughs> he got close. He got close. I could hear it in his voice. Mm. And well, so now we need to go and get carrots for Rabbit to make carrot juice because he's going to now he's going to have to shove it down Pooh's throat so he can lose weight to get him through this hole, which because that's how that works, right? That's how that works. You you eat more to get slimmer, right? Yeah, because I guess carrot juice is like a fast acting fat burner. I don't know, man. It it it's a it's a kid's a kid's book. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's better not to ask questions sometimes. Yeah, now for sure. And, you know, you go outside and, I mean, who shows up, Kyle? T.I. Double Gut Earth. 
Higger yep. comes bouncing down, bounding like a like a Tasmanian devil, even though he's actually a, a tiger or I guess a tigger because he's the only one. I was about to say he's a tigger. <laughs> Get it right. Um, and so yes, Tigger is a uh, small, springy-tailed tiger that uh, has decided to tell you that he lost his bouncing spot. Which I guess he has a a particular spot that everybody has decided that Tiggers can bounce in. The one and only Tigger. The one and only Tigger. But because he's lost this, now he's going to use Rabbit's Carrot Patch for some reason as the bounce's new bouncing spot. Which is a shame because I feel like Pooh's house is a great place to bounce. There's there's hills. There's all sorts of fun stuff. But whatever, bounce on the carrots. It's fine. It's contrivance. Yeah. But it's what it, it's what it is. But that so the you get to a mini game. Owl comes down and tells you that oh now your job is to keep Tigger from bouncing on the uh, fifteen carrots in this plot. He's going to jump in the air, and you have to kind of predict where he's going to land, and then use your keyblade to knock him back out of the way. I feel like you're just kind of bouncing him. Like you're just you're just kind of like under him and just shoving him up. I, I didn't look that closely at the animation though. No, I mean, you're not you're not hitting him. It basically Sora's kind of like more deflecting him on the way down and throwing him back up. But yeah, so it's, it's a mini game. You have I think it's like a minute and it breaks down based on how many carrots you manage to save him from destroying. And I guess so what was what was your total, Kyle? How many how many did you wind up with at the end? So I think I had 13 on my first go around. OK, Uh but uh, it, the score works by how many times you bounced him multiplied by how many carrots you had left at the end. So mm. my first go around, I had 143. Okay, interesting. I will say most of these mini games I only played once, maybe twice. At least the like point based ones. So mm. I had 14 of 15 carrots left. Uh, I didn't. I don't know anything about a point system on the end. So if you had 13, I'll take the W. I went back at the end, though, and I, I, I was like, that score's not good enough. And I did it again because, <laughs> like, the for one, it's not very easy to figure out where he's trying to go. And the rush button that they give you does not work. Mm-mm. You just end up rushing in a random direction and missing where he's actually going. Yeah, that one was kind of weird. Uh, I don't know why they did that like that. Uh, I mean, I figured it out. It wasn't I didn't find it too, too tricky, but. Probably the reason I did have one carrot missing was because of the rush button. Yeah. So once I gave up on that and did it all again, I got a better score, which was 210. So I had the 15 carrots remaining and I had uh, bounced him a good number of times, but not enough to like keep everything perfect. I think the best you could do is like, I don't know, 225, 230, something like that. Okay. Well, I'll take your word on that one. Anyway, so, you know, you get done. Tigger is kind of like. He looks disappointed because he's like, oh, I didn't really do a good job of bouncing or I'm kind of tired. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you little asshole. And <laughs> you go and you bring the carrots to Rabbit and he makes the juice and he feeds it to Pooh. And Pooh is like just fit now thin enough to fit through if he's got a little force behind him. Which Sora is all too happy to apply by just shoving him with like the rabbit that sets it up with like just give him a light push and he'll get out and Sora's like you got it boss and runs at him like a football player like you <laughs> like you're activating the the red trinity just boom 
pops him right out. Blams him straight out of the hole, at which point Piglet's in excited because his friend is now unstuck. And that's kind of the end of the, the, the end of that map. There's not really much else. Pooh thanks you afterwards. And it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat as much honey next time. And it's like, yeah, right. OK, just use the door. We don't care yeah. if you eat honey. Just use the door, man. There's a, there's a door there for a reason, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the end of that level. Uh, silly old bear. Yeah, you hop back out and you're uh, if you have a you have all the torn pages, you unlock a new one, new map, which lets you go to this uh, a new map that has a bridge over a little brook. You see a little uh, little stick tent that should be familiar to any of the Pooh fans. But let's just say we don't know what that is just yet. There's a little bridge over a brook and uh, a a tree on a hill uh, in the distance with a little swing on it. So it's a nice idyllic little scene that they've put in front of you until you walk up to Pooh and Piglet who are watching their friend floating down the river. <laughs> so who's floating down the river, Mitchell? <laughs> oh, so what happens is Pooh and Piglet tell you like Sora goes up to them and is like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, something Piglet's like something's floating down the river. And that is when you're introduced to Eeyore. Eeyore, who is a uh, very depressed, very mopey little donkey who is missing his tail, who's always missing his tail. It winds up falling off all the time because it's just tacked his butt. And Pooh yells down, he's like, oh, hello, Eeyore. And he's like, hey there, Pooh. He's like, do you need any help? He's like, I mean, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be great. But I don't want to inconvenience you if you don't want to. <laughs> and at which point, Pooh and Piglet are just like, eh, okay. And Eeyore keeps floating down the river. <laughs> yeah, you can just leave him there if you want. It's funny to me that um, Piglet's like, can you swim? <laughs> yeah, Piglet's like, Sora, could you swim? And so, of course, then you jump in the water and you grab him out. Which is just awkward the way they should do it, but it's fine. Whatever. It's just a little little scene gets done. And uh, at this point, you uh, as you're as you're helping him dry off or whatever and just having a little talk and getting introduced because Sora's never met him before. uh, That's when he's like, oh, feels something feels a little wrong. I'm a little lighter. It's like your tail is missing. Yeah. And so they figure out your tail is tail is missing. And Eeyore's like, oh, well. Yet again, I lose one of the only parts of me, which because he's and it's like, well, OK, how do we how do we look around and find it? Obviously, Owl. Owl has wings. He can fly around. He should be able to find it. No problem. And they avoid that nice little plot hole by saying, oh, my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. So good luck. There's a swing set over there. Good luck. <laughs> and yeah, he's just like, hey, but if you get up there, you might be able to see high enough. And Sora, you're too big for that swing set, so you got to put Pooh on it. Yeah, which is really funny. So this is where you're introduced to the uh, the mechanic of having to escort Pooh because he is a little tubby tub and is also completely a complete space cadet who only really pays attention to like five seconds into the future. Respectable, respectable, very respectable. Like I, I, good on him. But so. It's this weird. I mean, I I found the mechanic weird. Kyle, you you chime in. So you have to lock on to Pooh, then not break that lock on for him to follow you. Yeah, which I kind of liked it 
once I understood why. Because at first it's like, oh, man, this is weird. You have to stay locked on to him. I don't know. But it's because the camera turns around behind to look at Sora and Pooh. So you get to go on this delightful little jaunt up the hill. Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh plays in the background. It's just like a delightful little cartoon thing. I, I, I thought it was very wholesome once I knew what they were trying to do. Like I said, and on top of that, it's, you know, you're having to kind of like wandering with him but there's some reason there are these random pots of honey on the ground and poo will stop off and just like have a nice smackerel of honey <laughs> just one little smackerel and you have to wait on him to finish eating <laughs> uh, it's like oh poo oh poo but eventually you do get up to the top of the hill and you put him on the swing and owl tells you he's like so we're gonna play this little mini game where uh, at like the peak of the crescent that this swing is moving in, you press triangle and that will increase the height. And the more height you give him, the farther Pooh will fly into the air to be able to see where Eeyore's tail could be. Yeah, the mechanics of this didn't really make any sense to me. Like you'd think that it would be trying to time it to where you're pressing triangle right when Pooh's directly in front of you. But that is nowhere close to where you're pressing the button. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really get that one either. OK, so I need to press this when he's not near me at all. Yeah, it was a weird idea, but whatever. They do at least give you an indicator with owl's wings like he's he can't fly enough to or he can't see while flying well enough to find Eeyore's tail. But he can at least, you know, hold his wings up at the right time to let you know when to push. So that's nice. Yeah. So and, and it is a mini game. So what was your what was your height or your distance um, that you had him fly? Well, the first time that I did it, I feel I feel like there's a, a cap on it that they only let you go so far because they want you to do a certain special thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, on my later attempts, when I realized the, how the timing works, that you're supposed to wait a little late for owl's wings to like start coming down and that's when you press it i managed to get a uh, 39 meters i hear you can break 40 yeah. though i kept trying to do it and i just couldn't so i i looked and i what did i go to or on one of the wikis um let's see uh 29 20 to 29 meters puts you in a field area on top of eeyore's home which is what they're trying to get you to do they're trying to get you so basically for the story element, you land on Eeyore's home, which are these like, bundle of sticks that he's made a little teepee out of. And when you go down there, you realize that the, his tail had been on top of his house somehow. And by knocking over his house, you find his tail and then everybody's happy. And Except for Eeyore, who has to put his house back together. But at the same time, he's happy to have his tail back. He is. He's like, it's a weird like, well, I got my tail. So I guess rebuilding my house won't be that big of a deal. But you can actually go short, which would put Pooh in the river, apparently. Yeah, I did that. I did that a couple of times on accident. Yep. And if you hit 30 or more, it puts him in the bushes. If you hit 40 or more, it'll launch him even further away, like towards the trees. Uh, I wish I could have seen that cutscene. I wanted to. Yeah. So we might, we, might have, we might have to go back. We have to go back. Let's go back to the island. <laughs> and it, but so we get to, you know, you get done with all that. And, you know, that's kind of the end of that level. Everybody has a little chuckle at Eeyore swinging his little tail around now that's tacked back on his butt. 
I actually really like the reward that they gave for this one. Like, there isn't a whole lot of uh, treasure to explore and find, which is a shame. But I really like that they give you Stopra from from finishing this. Yeah, I was not expecting him to give you something as strong as Stopra from this. And it really came in handy before this uh, this next world that we're going to Hollow Bastion. But it's the last we'll speak its name in this episode. I damn yeah that's we'll we'll, we'll jump into that because that for anybody who's curious Hollow Bastion is like a third of this game it it is quite a lot <laughs> um, so if you if you've enjoyed us world hopping so far be prepared for a slightly more consistent um, arc than what we have been doing anyway moving back to Hundred Acre Wood we uh, we get out of that map and we move on to Tigger's bouncing area which is made up of stumps that are all kind of centered around this big stump with a pot on top of it. And there's like cliffs and tree branches that you can stay in. They did a good job of making a place that feels like a jumping, bouncing, fun place to hang out. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a bunch of little like raised stumps and trees. And like you said, it's everything... That Tiggers could love. Then in that level, also, you're introduced to uh, a new character who is Rue. Yeah, Rue. Tigger's little protege, Rue. Uh, the joke being uh, that his mom's name is Kanga and that he is Rue. He is a little kangaroo guy bouncing around with Tigger. Seeing Tigger as like his uh, big brother of sorts. They're just bouncing around together, having a good old time. And uh, they decide that uh, they need to teach Sora, their brand new friend Sora, how to bounce just as good as a Tigger. Yeah. And so I guess this is the this is the mini game. And is that you have to basically Tigger and Rue jump from there's like five stumps in particular that they do in a certain order that you then have to follow in the exact order and get to them at the end. It's a pretty easy game. Yeah, it's just a little bit of memory. I mean, it's fun for uh, it's fun for kids. It was I remember being not like challenging, but just like I don't think I got it right the first time when I was playing it as a kid. Like they no. they, they, they throw some complicated patterns in there toward the end. I there are there are like one or two. Like I said, I really it was the yet again much like the Tarzan level. It was the damn the damn platforming in this game is still like the bane of my existence. And how it reacts to you hitting a ledge. And it's like, if you don't go just far enough, you fall off. Yeah. And there's not really any indicator on what is far enough. Yeah. So you you, you jump around a bunch of times. And finally, Rue says, I think Sora's ready for the big test. Let's let's try it for him, Tigger. And uh, here, Tigger jumps into a pot. Now it jumps into the big pot in the center of the map. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to stay on this one particular stump as uh, Tigger throws seeds at you from inside of the pot. He just launches them up and over and at you like a like a softball almost. And what you're trying to do is uh, get a good score here. I realize that what they're trying to get you to do, and they don't tell you this, and I really don't understand why they don't tell you this, but the, what you need to do is hit the seed as high up as you can, because the higher up that you are, the more points that it's worth. 
Which makes a whole lot of sense when you realize that this is a challenge that Tigger is putting for you. That was not... I did not know that. Did you have an issue when you jumped to attack that Sora would almost fall off the platform every time? Yes. Just about every time that I jumped. This was this was a very hard minigame. I failed so many times. I failed like 10 times before I actually succeeded. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you figured out a gimmick, but I, what I would do. So Sora will do this upwards slash to hit the tree nut back at Tigger's pot to break it over time. But when he launches himself upwards, he flies forwards. And you're only on this kind of like a, a stump, maybe about the size he is tall in diameter. And if he goes too far forward, he will fall off the stump and in the minigame starts over because you fell off the stump. And what I figured out was after every time you hit, you have to run as far back on the stump as physically possible without falling off and then do it again. Thankfully, you have plenty of time to do that because they, yeah. they, they, he's really softball lobbing these things. You can hear it whistling as it comes down. It's moving real slow. Yeah, thank God. Because if it, they've just been like humming at you constantly, I probably would have failed it so much. I, I probably still would be doing it. <laughs> yeah, we, we would not be recording today. No, no, no. Uh, and but yes, yeah, so you wind up if you hit enough of them, you break his pot and then Tigger bounces out and he's just like, "Woo, you did it. <laughs> Which I so what was your what was your final score on this one? So uh, I managed to get it done because it, this is a, a challenge of speed because you can get more points uh, for you're just trying to cross the threshold of 20 points. Yeah. So the faster you can cross 20 points, uh, the better. And I got it in 34 seconds. Holy shit. Um, well, you beat me. I, <laughs> what did I, I think I did it in probably closer to 50 and I broke the threshold of 20. I think I did 25. So you definitely picked up the W on that one. Woo. I'm winning. I'm winning. You, you are currently ahead. Two to one. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to win this challenge. There's nothing on the line, but I'm going to win. Just bragging rights per usual with us. Yeah. So, but after, after the mini game, when you're able, when you're finally able to relax, uh, you, you have this whole map to explore now. And this place is so cool. Like because of all the platforms that you have to jump on, the, uh, they were able to hide like two or three treasure chests around and uh, also this system of rare nuts that you're supposed to find for Owl. This game does a lot of hand-holding, but there are some times when they should be giving you information that they do not. And this one, in very in a particular instance, so Owl will tell you, like, hey, you know, if you find these, these rare pinkish-purple tree nuts... And bring them back to me, I will give you something cool. And it's like, all right, awesome. And it's like, okay, this is going to be, this will be great. And you grab one. But then you go to try to grab another one. And you realize that you can't. And I think I, I went at these tree nuts at about 18 different angles, tried different things. I was like, why is this glitching? Like, I don't understand what is happening. I go online and I hit this, I hit a subreddit for Kingdom Hearts and... All these people are like, I don't understand why I can't do this thing. And then there's one comment. A guy goes, you can only carry one at a time. And the entire 
entire Kingdom Hearts fan base was like, who the fuck thought of that? And that's what it is. It's you have to you can only hold one at a time. You have to bring them to Owl individually. Makes no sense at all. But yeah. I, I guess whatever. And yeah. but he does give you some good items. He gives you some good stuff. Yeah, you get a, nice, a lot of stat boosts. I think there's like a defense up an AP up. There's I want to say maybe an Orichalcum or something. However the hell you pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, or or, or Halcom, uh an AP, which AP boost gold. Awesome. Yeah. The overall like what you get from this level and the design of this level, I think, are top. I, I, I think they're probably the better ones in this in this game or in this this world. Yeah, I feel like this level really justifies the world to players who may not otherwise want to do the Winnie the Pooh world because it's like, oh, that's kitty stuff. I don't need to do that. Well, if you do it, there's good rewards. Yep. It doesn't take long to finish this world at all. I mean, we we probably I probably took care of all these mini games in like an hour or so. Oh. So yeah, it's like yeah, not yeah. a big deal at all. Like, so these rewards are worth anybody's time. In addition to the 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 wholesome cutesiness of it all completely agree i absolutely agree i know at least i i feel like by the time i got done with this level i had all i had a bunch of new items that i was like oh this is sick especially knowing you know kind of knowing what we're about to get into yeah we shall not speak its name we shall not we shall not i've already Uh, said it once too many times (laughs) but and going forward so now you know we have the last the last area the last frustrating area. The last melon. <laughs> so you, you just uh, you walk inside to the, of this uh, little little foresty area. I'm not really sure what to describe. That what he said is a uh, Pooh's muddy path. It is. I think was the name of the uh, map. Yeah, the map and the the mini game. According to this, is called Pooh's muddy path. Which phrasing, whatever. Yeah. So. But uh, it becomes pretty literal right away because when you, you walk up and <laughs> what's Winnie the Pooh doing, Mitchell? Well, so you're greeted by what you can see is this um, kind of big circular, um, big circular, almost like cage of plants. And Pooh is walking around it in a circle. And behind him and in front of him are footprints that you can very easily tell are his. And Sora goes up to him and is like, Pooh, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know where my friends are. I can't find any of them, but I have found these footprints. And so I'm going to follow them and see where they lead. And it's like, oh, Pooh. Oh, Pooh, my dude. And you realize he's been following his own footprints for quite a while. Yeah, a long time. And so you decide to give him a hand and find his friends. And Kyle, I mean, this was... This one's probably the, more, the most frustrating minigame to me, only because it is an escort quest through and through, bringing Pooh along. Because you can see all of his friends very easily. Yeah, and all you have to do is just kind of like lock on to Pooh and wait for him to walk with you all the way over to wherever it is that you need to go. Yeah. It, it's kind of awkward because like, you have to you have to figure out just where to place him to get certain things to happen. Like if you bring him over to to bring him over to a flower that there's no real signal that you need to do that other than, oh, if you walk up to it, Sora can inspect it. And it says, oh, who needs to see this? It doesn't really say why Pooh needs to see it. But if you if you trust it, 
who will walk up and pick up the flower. Butterflies attach to him because he's holding the flower and float him upward, which is just, you know, delightful. Yeah, it's 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 very it's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's just like a bear floating with one balloon. It's like okay, fine. Yeah, there were there were some of the mechanics that killed me of having to bring him or like lock onto him while walking across this log, which was very easy to fall off of. It just I just hated bringing him around. If I could just, he's basically a teddy bear. So it's like you just pick him up, just it'd be like, hey, hold on to my back or something, man. Like let's speed run this, but you don't. And nope, but you do, but you help him find. I mean, who is it? It's rabbit. It's rabbit, Eeyore, Rue, Tigger, Piglet, and Owl. Basically, yeah. everybody, everybody you've met up to this point. Owl is so frustrating to talk to. I had so much trouble getting owls to trigger. I see. Mine was Tigger. Oh yeah, because he is jumping up and down, up and down, like a couple times. And if you don't, you had to basically stop him a little bit, like almost see where he was going to land, have him bump into you and then trigger it. Owl. I did not. I, I, I know what you mean by owl because it's a very short window on. You can only talk to him when he lands, mm-hmm. but I found it. It's when he lands, he turns around. Then when he turns yeah. around, that's when you can talk to him. See, I had to like get in front. I had to get to where I'd be in front of him. Yeah. I don't know. I, was, I wasn't too proud of my score on this one, but I was also so frustrated by the game itself that I just decided not to try it again. I am very curious what your time, your final time was. Mine, I feel like, was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like because I didn't have any trouble with the log like you did. I was just able oh. to I just walked across the other side and locked onto Pooh and he just went to the other side just fine. I didn't have any troubles with the log, but um, so I was still funny. still not happy with it. I got Three minutes, 56 seconds. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm just going to let you guess. We'll play the play the high low game. It's got to be over five, right? Yeah, it's over five. It's got to be somewhere in the seven range. Then I I guess you're good. You're good. It was uh, seven minutes and six seconds. Good Lord, dude. I that That log wrecked your shop. I (laughs) I sat there about a good two, three minutes just bashing my head against the controller going like poo come on dude what are you doing like come on and there's nothing you can do you just have to kind of wait for the ai to catch up or the npc to catch up yeah and it's it's what it is but at the end you know everybody is everybody's together in the little thicket of plants because that's where you've been jailing them (laughs) yeah don't get lost stay here no don't get lost everybody everybody stay right here tired of going find you little assholes and but then the level ends and you're greeted by this very wholesome scene of all of these characters and Sora watching this beautiful sunset on top of a hill. Yeah, it's just really kind of cute that they're just enjoying an evening together and just chilling outside. <sighs> Reminds me of, a, of days long gone, which is always what Winnie the Pooh has been about, I feel like. Yeah. I agree. It's always about like things, you know, things change and things move forward and time goes forward. And we, you know, the sun sets and a new sun rises. And this was very, a very clear metaphor for that, especially when Sora gets up and it's just like, all right, well, I got to get out of here. Like, well, I'm off. <laughs> You're right in the middle of this beautiful little scene. Sora's just like, OK, bye. And, of course, now his new little friends that he's made are like, well, Sora, if you ever want to come back, 
you're always welcome. And that scene always hits me in every heartstring that I have, uh, where it's like, oh, man, that's basically showing it, it's a it's a symbol of your childhood saying, like, look, you know, you can go and do new things, but we're always going to be here if you want to come back to us. And that has always been such a, a thing to me. And like what I grew up reading and learning and I just thought it was super cute. But then, you know, obviously Sora kind of disappears into fairy dust. We're greeted to all the characters look up and they see this this like kind of shooting star blast across the sky, which it's Sora leaving. And they all are just kind of there now. As that happens, the scene closes quite literally by the book. It kind of like zooms out, I think, and, and reveals that it's been the book this whole time. The book shuts clasps the the what was once the blank front of the book is uh re-illustrated to to show the the classic winnie the pooh style cover with with pooh and piglet walking hand in hand together and then uh pooh is joined on the other side by sora instead of christopher robin it's just so damn cute oh man that was that was such a heartwarming little addition to this to end this level and also when the clasp shuts on the book we're also we noticed that that clasp was a keyhole that is now locked showing that we you know we've closed another another keyhole in the game yep sealed uh sealed that world from ever being corrupted by the heartless thank god yeah man square dude square enix just did such a good like that last little bit of it being Christopher of Sora being on the cover instead of Christopher Robin walking with them and just everything about this level is just done so well and the story is told I, I cannot I honestly I have a hard time speaking anything ill of this level because I, I really do think it is probably one of the most complete stories told in this game for a level. Yeah, we've been jabbing this game a little bit. No matter how much we love it, we've been jabbing a little bit for just doing a terrible job of telling these Disney stories. Of course. Where where here, the Hundred Acre Wood tells a pretty decent story. You don't need to know the characters that well to follow along with what's going on. No, you really don't. It's a beautiful story, and a, you you do become slightly invested in some of these characters, which I feel like the other game, the other levels, I really did not. And at the end... I did feel kind of sad about leaving. And that, to me, speaks volumes on what this level brought to the game. And so, yeah, I so I mean, if you had to give this a rating, like what's like your overall what was your overall experience with this? I don't want to rate this level. OK, it stands alone. It doesn't you can't put it up against any other Kingdom Hearts world because there's no combat. There's no soap opera storyline. There's no danger even but it's so perfectly wholesome I, i'm really glad that we placed it or at least that i placed it in my playthrough where i did right before this challenging both emotionally and in a combat sense in the very challenging portion of the game i'm glad to have put this here as like a breath of fresh air breathe and moment you know yep yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with you, man. I think we I think we picked a good spot for this one. 
You know, uh, on a side note, I did catch a detail or I did learn about a detail. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was hung up on the clock tower. I was like, something's up with this clock tower. Okay. Or maybe I went back to Neverland for some reason. I forget how, what, what happened. But I, I was like, something's up. And what I learned through Googling is that every hour of in-game time that passes, you can go back to the clock tower and collect a different reward. What? There's 12 different rewards that you can get, and they're only unlocked. Like, each reward is only available for one hour of your in-game time clock. So, like, I'm at 28 hours or something like that. So, I was able to open a certain door that corresponds to that. That's in the Neverland clock tower? Yeah, the Neverland clock tower. I'm going to have to go back. I had no yeah. idea that was a, that's awesome. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been learning that too. It's like, whoa, there's some good stuff. I got like an AP up and some, uh, some other good stuff. Oh, cool. Clever, clever, clever. Um, yeah. okay. Well, that's, I, I mean, I haven't found anything fun like that this week, but I will definitely be going back and looking at that. If, if not, if for nothing else, then just the reward, because again, we're, we're in for some trouble here soon, but, uh, but also because I have heard that uh, there's going to be a point where we're not going to be able to go back to Neverland, or at least that area of Neverland for a while because of a uh, a difficult battle, let's say. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's ominous. <laughs> After the main game, I'm excited to go back through these uh, bosses that we, we wouldn't have normally fought. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm stoked for that. That's going to be so much fun. Well, shoot. All right, Matt. Well, I think that is kind of it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I know this wasn't like slightly more traditional way that we do this, where we are jumping between worlds. But no, I think this is a good little transition piece into the wackiness that we're about to get into. The big the beginning of the end, as it were. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, good to you. Well, next up is Hollow Bastion. We'll say it. We're not going to talk about it, but we'll say it. Ooh, hollow bastion. <laughs> well, for everybody, kind of buckle in because that's going to be a long one. Alrighty. So until then, we'll catch you all next week. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Hey there, Kingdom Hearts fans. Thanks for listening to the episode. Dream Drop Long Distance is hosted by Mitchell Orsino and Kyle Bradshaw and is produced by Kyle Bradshaw. Our theme music was written and recorded by Alex McLean. <laughs>